Let's pray asking the Holy Spirit's inspiration. Come Holy Spirit, come with your light. Lord, we pray that you would make our minds, hearts, and souls fertile soul for the gospel. That your word may bear great fruit in our life. Lord, illuminate the scriptures for us. Convict and console our hearts. Speak, for your servants are listening. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. With that, with that, their eyes were opened and they recognized it. In my own life personally and, as my, and in my ministry as a priest, maybe the one thing that has been most transformative in, in my life and in other people's lives is a recognition of God's presence. And with that recognition of His presence is the awareness of being loved. And so it's ultimately that awareness of being loved, but before the awareness of being loved has to be an awareness of His presence. It's something which we long for. Something which we hunger for. And it is when we are able to, to have the, this moment and these periods in our life where we're aware of God's presence, whether we quote-unquote feel it or not, this awareness of faith that is transformative. That many times we can be in a situation where the exterior circumstances of our life do not change. But the fact that we are aware of God being present to us, it changes us, it transforms us, it strengthens us, heals us, restores us, so that even if the external circumstances have not changed, I am different. Because I'm living more in the strength, in the power, and in the freedom as a son or a daughter of the Father. I am different. And I am empowered to move forward. Today we see that this reality in the lives of these two disciples who were followers of Christ, who had a belief and an expectation that he was the Messiah, he was going to redeem Israel, and then there's his crucifixion. And then they even stick around, right? But something is still not sitting. And so they leave Jerusalem, and they're going to amaze. Sometimes, as we're journeying along life, even as we long to see the Lord, we, we don't have a full awareness of Him. And, and, and so we're like these two disciples leaving Jerusalem on the way to Emmaus. Now, I want to ask the question, why do they not, quote-unquote, see Him before their eyes were opened? And this sight, speaking of like a deeper knowledge and an awareness and the truth of who Jesus was and His presence to them. You know, they're, they're walking away from him, and, and, and they're discussing what's happening here, right? They're discussing all the things that happened. It says they, they're walking away, discussing all the things that happened, and then Jesus comes up alongside them, and he asks them a question, and they're like, I mean, like, are you the only one in Jerusalem who have known what's happened? And they begin to speak about Jesus. He was a prophet. God, mighty word, he, we thought he was going to be. 
Redeemer, he died. Why can they not see him? A large part of it is because they were not looking at Jesus. If you've been, been watching any of the masses, virtually participating in any of these masses, you know that's kind of been a focus of my preaching here for a while. They weren't looking at Christ, they were looking at themselves and their situation. They were talking to themselves and to each other, they weren't talking to the Lord. And I say, I say partly, right? Because this can happen to us to where our focus is on ourselves, our focus is on our circumstances. We're like Peter in the storm who's looking right and who's looking left, and we're sinking. But it is looking at the Lord is where our eyes need to be. When Peter looked at the Lord, nothing of the circumstances immediately changed except the fact that he was walking on water. And the calming of the, calming of the storm was after that. But the storm was still present. And, and so our eyes, right, again, we turn to the things, we turn to each other, maybe we turn inside, but our gaze needs to be on Christ. And, I, and this is part of it, because there are times and there are periods in our life where the Lord um, seemingly, as St. Augustine says, seemingly withdraws himself. So it's just, we are looking at him, but, it, but in a sense that we can't see him. It's part of the dark night of the senses, maybe uh, something that we're experiencing in, in this life, a period of dryness and prayer, whatever it may be, that, that that happens. And certainly on this side of heaven, we're never going to completely see him. But this, the gospel is clear here that most of their blindness is because they're not looking at Christ. I mean, Jesus himself says that, like, how, how foolish you are, how slow of heart to believe all that was written. And then they, they tell him, like, they tell him, yeah, we were in Jerusalem, and some women went, and they saw the tomb, and they said he was resurrected. They saw him. And they came back and told us. And then some of the people with us went to the tomb, and it was empty, just like they had said, that he was risen. And they still left. What if? What if? In that moment, when they heard from Mary Magdalene, when they heard again from Peter and John, who had went to the tomb and came back, instead of just thinking about it, instead of just thinking, how can this be? Is this really true? Which is important. God gave us a reason we should use it. We need to use it to be authentically human and to even approach God authentically. But what if instead of just looking down and thinking and looking to themselves and talking amongst themselves, which is all good and important, but but not the focal point. They would have gazed up to the Lord. And they would have asked the Father, Father, like this interior, this interior awareness of the Father's presence, this interior awareness of the presence of Christ, if they would if they would have gazed there, would they have been given? the light of faith to stay to stay in Jerusalem after they had heard the witnesses, after they had had the prophets, after they had heard Jesus speak and predict this was going to happen what if their attention would have been there but even then, as they're walking away, the Lord does not leave them the Lord does not say, fine, you're walking away, okay you 
would ever meant to be on the team anyway. He, he pursues them. Even as they're leaving, even as they're questioning, even as their eyes are down, that the Lord pursues them in mercy. And then in that pursuit, he comes alongside them and asks questions to stir their hearts, to begin to turn towards him. And then he explains to them, he breaks open the scriptures so that their hearts are burning, that they're longing for more. And so in that moment, as Jesus walks alongside them and begins to open their hearts to attentiveness to him again, then they say, stay with us. Stay with us. And then in that moment, he celebrates mass with them. And then their eyes are open. And then they recognize What about in our life? How many times where we focus on ourselves, we're talking amongst each other, we're thinking through all the things, and maybe, maybe some of that's happening right now. I know it has happened to me on a daily basis. But it's only when we turn towards Him that light is shining, that there's an illumination because of His presence. That there's a healing awareness. You know, and, and as I've done that in this period of time where I realize I'm just looking at the stuff and, and the anxiety and the fear and the worry and the reality of my, my inability to fulfill all the needs in front of me, that if, that if I have the grace and then he's coming up alongside me and pursuing me and I turn towards him, that there really nothing externally has changed. But I have changed because I'm aware of the one who holds heaven and earth in his hands is with me, is present to me, and who never leaves me orphan. And brothers and sisters, the Lord wants this for all of us. And so we've talked about so many times about living the discerning life. Being aware of the Lord's presence. I mentioned to you the great gift of Father Timothy Gallagher to our church. This is one of his books, The Examine Prayer. This prayer is a prayer developed by St. Ignatius, and, and it, is, it is an amazing tool, not the only tool, an amazing tool of us being aware of how the Lord is present to us in, in the, the nitty and gritty of our day to day life. So that when we, when we look at a day, if we look at the day just to ourselves, it's one thing. But when we look at the day with the Lord present to us, it changes things. And it changes us. And so I want to invite you to, if you, to renew the prayer of these daily exam. And if you haven't done it before, or started. Um, it's, it's a matter of five steps, beginning with the transition of an awareness of God's presence and looking upon Him with love and ending with the same thing. We're beginning with gratitude. Take a note of the gifts that God has given me this day. It's like you can do it twice a day or once a day. 10, 15 minutes. Take note of the gifts that God has given me this day. Gratitude. Giving you thanks. Make petition. Ask for light and strength because we can't see this. Right? We can't see the Lord's presence in our day on our own accord. So, Lord, give me light and strength. 
in a way that is beyond my human capacity to see you present to me through this day. Then review the day. Look for the stirrings of my heart and the thoughts that God has given me. Thoughts that came from the enemy or came from my, my own fallen human nature. And then where did I say yes to the Lord, give him glory and thanks? Where did I say no to him? Then ask for his mercy and forgiveness. And that's the next. Asking God for forgiveness in the ways in which we have not responded to him. And then renewal. Looking to the next day and actually making plan concretely. Like not just in theory, but plan concretely. How am I going to be more attentive to the Lord in the particular way in which I need to be more attentive to him tomorrow? In a concrete way. And then end by being aware again of his presence in a prayerful way. These disciples, it was hard for them to see the Lord in the midst of the suffering of their life and they're walking away from Jerusalem. And Jesus pursues them even as they're walking away. And part of their blindness that they cannot see is that they're looking at themselves and looking at their situation and not looking at the Lord. Like Peter, looking at the storm and sinking. How often does this happen in my life and in your life? When the Lord invites us to look at Him, to look into His eyes, to look upon His heart, to gaze upon the face of the Father, empowered by the Holy Spirit. And then that changes everything. It illuminates the darkness in our life. It shows us God's hand even in suffering. It shows us God's renewing and transforming grace in our lives. It shows us simple joys and His loving tenderness and providence. And then we can live more with the confidence, the faith, the trust, and the freedom of the sons and daughters of the Father. St. Ignatius has given us a tool, one of many, to live this, this life of gazing at the face of the Father, the daily example. Let us consider taking it up again. And like these, like these disciples to standing with Jesus as only a prophet and walking away from him, that immediately when they recognized it was him, this is the Lord. I have a proper understanding of who he is. And then they turned and went back to Jerusalem and became evangelists, courageous evangelists. Lives transformed by an awareness of the Lord's presence. Let us, brothers and sisters, pray for the grace to exercise the discipline to do this as well. And then we too will be courageous evangelists.